The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, this past week, uh, Dennis came into my office and he said he was going to speak for one minute for every year that he's worked at St. Philip the Deacon. So I didn't prepare a sermon. And actually now, after hearing the text from Jeremiah and from Luke, maybe I'll just take a hard pass. No, I won't do that. So, when I read the text for today from Luke, the same one that Carol read just moments ago, I had this idea that kind of popped into my head as I was reading through, which is a difficult text. And I started to see kind of the scene unfold in my head. And I pictured the disciples who had been now following Jesus, uh, teaching and preaching and healing along the way. And Jesus has certainly been bestowing upon them some wonderfully profound and beautiful words. And so I picture Jesus, maybe they are out walking on the road, or perhaps they are about to sit down at the table and break bread together, or perhaps they're just sitting at the local coffee shop, right, enjoying each other's company. When Jesus takes a deep breath and the disciples say, hold on, he's going to say something. It's going to be really good. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be profound. It's going to be beautiful, I promise you. And then Jesus says this, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Imagine the disciples in that moment thinking, <laughs> wait, excuse me, I'm sorry, wait just a second. Um, Jesus, could you re repeat what you just said? It, I heard something about fire and division. And only for Jesus then to affirm what they heard was correct. Oh, yes, fire, division, yeah, that's correct. Uh, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And there the disciples go, yeah, that's what I thought you said. Yikes. I would bet that most of us 
rarely, if ever, think of Jesus in such a distressing way. All those kind images that we may have of Jesus suddenly shattered in the presence of this text. And so what is our initial inclination? What is our initial desire when we hear a difficult text like this one in Luke? We usually want to tame it. We want to make it feel just a little bit better if we can. We want to tame that distressing language into something just a little bit more gentler and by all means a little kinder too. So how do we do that? The simple answer is this, we can't. We can't tame the text. Trying to tame these words will completely gut them, will completely rid them of their power and of their meaning. So let's take a little closer look at them, shall we? Fire and division. Fire is destructive. To date, almost six million acres have burned in the United States this year alone. It is a record pace right now. Some of those fires have consumed homes. Some of those fires have consumed lives. And some of those fires have certainly consumed livelihoods, destroying and shattering everything in its path. The very image of fire can elicit all sorts of visions of destruction, of death, of fear and dread, and understandably so. We can't ignore that, and we shouldn't ignore that. But what we must also remember is that in nature, fire, fire can also recreate. Fire burns away brush and builds resilience against future fires. Fire generates heat that causes plants and trees to release their tiny seed pods that germinate and create new growth, new possibilities, new life. As green shoots emerge from the earth, life that is only made possible by the fire itself. Yes, fire can be destructive, literally and figuratively. We've all seen the effects of that, and I know that there are some of us this morning that are right now dealing with our own fires that are burning in our lives. But today, Jesus reminds us that fire can also be rejuvenating. It can renew. And it can restore everything in its path. So today, we are reminded that when we stand by Jesus, we are standing by a spirit-filled, renewing and purifying fire. A fire that brings with it new and everlasting life. A fire that brings with it new and beautiful possibilities for each and every one of us. And that's the good news here. That's the good news. But Jesus also then reminds us that when we stand close to that fire, when we stand close to Jesus... 
that that same fire can bring about destruction in the form of division and hostility. So Jesus warns all of those around them, around him, that those who make a commitment to him will be persecuted. Jesus will be the first. They will find that their relationships with others, even those closest to them, will be affected by that commitment. And that was most certainly true in the early church when so many people came to faith not as a household, not as a family, but as individuals, bringing about divisiveness in those family systems. So, what Jesus is telling us is wherever that life-giving fire of God's word has been proclaimed, has been heard, has been burned, division has occurred among those who have heard it. Why? Because Jesus' message was so drastic. Jesus' message was so profound. It was radical. It was antithetical to the day. And therefore, his message was divisive. Now let's think about it for just a moment. He taught and demonstrated that sins can be forgiven and that any life can be redeemed. Even those in society that were often considered completely lost, completely worthless, completely unredeemable. And here's the thing. God is still the same today. God will not turn anyone away, no matter what they've done, if they come to him truly repentant, truly sorry for their sins. That is profound forgiveness. That is profound grace and mercy. Let's think about his message of love and acceptance. This may very well be the most radical, the most profound thing that Jesus said or did. He loved everyone, even those who hated him and who persecuted him. And it's still, his love was never dependent on anything anyone else did for him. His love was unconditional. He loved them and loves today because that is who he is. Now there were people back in that day, as there are today, who judge folks to be less than, who are not worthy of our attention, let alone our love. Think about the story of the Good Samaritan that we heard a couple weeks ago, where simply people passed by, ignored them, cast them aside, paid no attention whatsoever. But Jesus went to them. He touched them. And that was powerful in and of itself. He reached out and loved them unconditionally. And he still does the same for you and me today. He reaches out to each and every one of us, wherever we may be in this life of ours today, whether we are in the most celebratory of moods, the most joyous of occasions, or find ourselves in those dark, difficult, and challenging places. He is there, right where he needs to be and where he wants to be with you and me, showering us with this message of love, 
forgiveness, grace, mercy, acceptance, and belonging. So Jesus reminds us in this difficult text today that we cannot follow him without it affecting who we are and the way we relate to the world and those in it. Our faith, in other words, must shape our values, our priorities, our goals, our behaviors. And when we make changes in our life, when we change past behaviors for the better, that changes relationships too. And I'm sure there are those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about. And Jesus knew it too. He knew that. He knew that division would come before reconciliation and that peace and new growth, new shoots that would emerge, new life would not come immediately. But then we are also reminded that there is hope. That there is hope that peace will prevail. And so we live as hopeful people praying without ceasing for God's compassion, for God's restoration of the world, for God's grace and mercy and love to envelop each and every one of us. We pray without ceasing for life-giving, healthy relationships with one another. And we pray that God can bring new life and new possibilities from the ashes of the fire where all things are made new. Let it be so. Amen.